welcome back, dear listeners, to the Pasithea Powder. The following recordings, well, best to see for yourself. Last time, Captain Sophie Green tried with all her might to convince Dr. Jane Gonzalez to give in and help make Pasithea Powder, only to discover that once upon a time, she herself asked to be and subsequently was dosed with the drug. This is episode nine, Shreds of Lettuce. Let us begin. Jane. Message deleted. Jane. Message deleted. Jane. Message deleted. Jane. Message deleted. Ugh, never mind. Sophie, this is your mother. I understand that getting your earth legs back can be a drawn-out process, but I was expecting you for dinner last night. I went out of my way to cook your favorite uh, lasagna. That's your favorite. It always was. Anyway... The reason I'm getting in touch instead of just letting you be, which is clearly what you wanted, otherwise you would have just come to dinner like you said you would, is that I have something to give you. And I wanted to do it in person. But this is easy enough. It's your old diary. The one you're always talking to instead of doing your homework. I haven't listened to it. I thought you might like to have it. Let me know that it made it through in one piece. You know, I'm terrible at all these transmission things. Now, I'll be out of town for a week or so. George is taking me to the lake as a treat. But when I get back, I expect to see you. And don't tell me you're too busy for your mother. You never are, not really. I've only been in high school a week, and already it's like I'm living in one of those old movies. Like, today, I was walking in, minding my own business, and this girl got shoved into a locker. The people who shoved her in should be ashamed to be such cliches. Anyway, I just elbowed my way through those unimaginative bullies and pulled her out of the locker and went on my way. It's like Father Pat used to say, doing the right thing is its own reward. Obviously. But also, this guy saw what I did. He came up to me in history, and at first I thought it was to flirt with me, but then he said how much he admired what I did for the locker girl. We talked about it for a while. His name's Evelyn. Since the conclusion of the friendship delegation, we have learned very little about what led to their sudden return. Answers are thin on the ground, but rest assured, dear listeners, I plan to get them. In the meantime, with their itinerary cut short, Captain Sophie Green, Lieutenant Anders Lee, and Special Agents Mia and Leah Espinosa have found themselves at loose ends. In peacetime, what are these heroes of the Azuline conflict to do? Evelyn brought Jane to hang out with us again. He has all these other friends. Why does it always have to be her? 
when it's just me and Evelyn, everything's easy. With Jane there, it's like the two of them get in some kind of intelligence contest. Like talking about all this philosophy shit no one has ever heard of, let alone thought about for more than 10 seconds. It's so pointless. I wish they'd just go off by themselves and leave me out of it. But Evelyn always wants to include everyone. Ugh. Evelyn came to my game. We won five to three. Evelyn and I went out to get ice cream afterwards. Evelyn came over for dinner tonight. Mom really liked him. It was weird though. She thought it was a date. Evelyn can be really, I don't know, cute? If that's a normal thing to think about your friends. I'm not used to thinking that about people like Evelyn, but I don't know. This is awkward. Hi, it's Anders. It was good to see you this morning. Sorry, I didn't have more time. Things have been bonkers. I told you about my meeting with the folks at the U. Well, they just called and they want me to come in for an interview. I don't know what I could even teach. Maybe it's not that. Maybe they don't want me to teach. Right? That would be so unexpected. Why would they have me teach? They probably want me to just advise or something. Something military related. Wow, I can't believe I thought for a second I'd be teaching biology or something. <laughs> okay, well, this is why I was so weird this morning. Anyway, how are you? Do you know what comes next? <laughs> Personal log of Captain Sophie Green, to do, call mom, call Anders, call Jane. Captain Green, this is the second time I have attempted to reach you. There will not be a third. I will show up unannounced. I will eject any visitors from the premises, and we will have a chat. Dr. Gonzalez is still dragging her feet. I thought I could rely on you. Call Agent Cullen. I don't know about you listeners, but I had just about written Captain Sophie Green off my list of potential partners. Not that I have a list like that. I would never misuse my journalistic platform. But a less ethical journalist than I might be tempted to use their access for less than honorable purposes. In short, to date. Now, I am very ethically minded, so I will only share the fruits of my observations with you, dear listeners. The facts are these. The rice in the past three days, Captain Sophie Green has been seen entering and exiting ambiance, an upscale night's club. She arrives unaccompanied. Does she leave alone? Oh no, make of this what you will, listeners. My impression, Captain Sophie Green is on the prowl, and this time she's not looking for enemy ships. She's looking for love. Not my roommate. Is he that chatty with everyone you bring home? Just the hot ones. Take that off. You first. Oh, your your comms are on. Shit, is it... Uh, Jane, are you there? Is that... My name's Rita. No, the recording, I... Oh, no, you didn't call any. It's just recording. 
Jesus. <laughs> a thigh dial is something we do not need. Now, let me just... God, this is so embarrassing to say, even when I know no one is listening, but sometimes I think Evelyn is the most beautiful person I have ever seen in my life. Like his eyelashes. He hates his wrists and his collarbone and all those pokey-outy parts, but I love them. Uh, not that I have a fetish or anything, just that they're his. Is this... Okay, probably not, but is this... Love? Is that even a thing 15-year-olds are allowed to say? stop keeping a journal. When I started these captain's logs, I guess. No. It was before that. Maybe the year I spent in college where there was no time and no privacy and also it's easier to lie to yourself when you don't keep a journal. I told myself that the reason I left school was to join the war effort and that wasn't untrue. It just wasn't the whole story. <laughs> Weird. Of all the things I've done, this is still one of the hardest to admit. It doesn't even mean anything anymore, but the memory of it, the memory still means something to me. I'm not used to this. I left school because I didn't like it. I wasn't good at it. And Jane and Evelyn loved it so much. They were so good at it. They knew exactly what they wanted to do in life, whereas everything I did was just me cooling my engines until... What exactly? My whole life, I haven't known the kind of person I should be until it's shown to me. Not exactly a quality you'd want in a leader. Good thing I'm a great liar. Good thing I stopped keeping a journal. In college, when Jane and Evelyn were rooming together and I was rooming with what's-her-face with the dyed hair, I used to stare at my ceiling and think about what it would be like to be somebody else. To be Jane, specifically. And at the time, I was like, ugh, Jane. She's such a fucking perfectionist. She studies so hard, too hard. What a nerd. And she's mad if she gets less than a perfect grade. Meanwhile, I'm there, never checking my grades. I knew they weren't good. But Jane, I thought. Jane. She's got it all figured out. Not fashion and not romance, but who she is. What she wants out of life. I stared at my ceiling and wondered what it would be like to walk around in her brain. To wake up 
and know how to fill the hours of the day. To stare in the mirror and see those eyes, that hair, that face, that mouth. Why break the habit of a lifetime? I haven't been recording you for a lifetime, Agent Cullen. It only feels like I have. Have a seat. I'll stand. You know, I can recommend a very good cleaner. What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting your apartment is a mess, much like your state of mind, and I can send someone to clean it. Your apartment. Well, hooray! What news of Dr. Gonzalez? I think she's going to make it. Pasithea. You think? Yeah. Well, she hasn't agreed to make it yet, so when do you think that might be? Ask her. Others have asked her and have failed to get a straight answer. I am asking you and hoping that your sense of duty will prevail over your haphazard churlishness and reward me with an answer. What is she waiting for? Me. For God's sake. She wants me to tell her it's okay to make it. And when do you think you might see your way to doing that? Don't shrug at me. I want a concrete answer, or I will throw you over my shoulder and take you to Dr. Gonzalez right now. I'm getting around to it. What's the holdup? I... What's next? Pardon? Jane agrees to make Pasithea. What's next? For me. The others won't just roll over. We'll have the benefit of secrecy, but we'll still need talented fighters to see things through. We'll need you in the air. On a ship? Yes. My ship? Yes. And there's a promotion in it for you, if you're good. And I think, deep down in that thudding heart of yours, you want to be good. You're asking me to fly? Yes. Are those my orders? Yes. I want to fly. I... Cullen. Yes? Never mind. Nothing. What is it? What happened to Carla DeLuca? Carla DeLuca? The Medean representative who took Hypnos. The fate of a drug-abusing Medean is completely outside my purview. Why on earth... And what happened to Anna Allegros? Where is she now? Sophie, whatever it is that's gnawing away at you... For the 15th fucking time, it's Captain Green. Where is she? Still at Mercy House. Though, I hear she's to be discharged soon. I bet she is. Even sooner if Dr. Gonzalez agrees to help make Pasithea powder. Of course. And I imagine her children are with relatives? On the contrary. They are being looked after by foster parents for the time being. The fuck, Cullen? The screening process is very rigorous. We both know that's not true. It is. The system has improved. It's not what it was when you... You threatened them yourself. Not to their faces. Anyway, I would never have gone through with it. Those children better be all right, Cullen. They will be. They are. I promise. Welcome to my studio. This is an interview. This is a dorm room. I don't know what you're talking about. Now drink. Why? Because I said so. 
Would you rather, you know, sit on your thumbs until Evelyn gets back, or... Ooh. Uh, where is this interview going? Cassandra All Access, naturally. We're very famous. Famously wasted. I meant, what is this recording into? My journal. You keep a journal? What, what do you put in it? What? I'm not allowed to have thoughts? Now be quiet. Ahem. <clears throat> Welcome to Cassandra All Access. I'm Guinevere Arbuthnot. <laughs> <laughs> and you are? Uh, Jamie. Jamie Casanova. Oh my god. That's my name. Well, so, Jane. Jamie, sorry. Thank you for meeting with me today. Anything for Cassandra All Access. Rumor has it, you're back on the market. Sophie. Guinevere. I don't want to talk about Lupita. Lupita who? No, no. I'm referring to your recent breakup with the glamorous yet cold-hearted, obviously cold-hearted, Lulu Santa Anna, the shipping heiress. Come on, Jane. I will go hang out with someone else. Yeah? Who? <laughs> oh, very well. Okay, but I am a very private person. All the um wait, what was my last name? Casablanca. Casanova. It is said that the Casanova family once anchored a sorcerer. Since then, we are only able to answer direct questions. I wish all my interview subjects were this forthcoming. No, don't stick the bottle in your mouth. Mm. There's enough left for you. No, ew, your spit was all over it. Sorry. Do you kiss like that? Spit is usually involved, yes. No, Guinevere, I do not kiss by shoving a bottle in someone's face. Good news for women everywhere. People. Good news for people everywhere, Jamie Casanova. I just don't know what, so, right, everyone in my house, everyone on the team, pretty much everyone in my house has experience with that. And it's not, like, required of participants. That would be nuts. It's just the way it happened to shake out this year. And I'm the only one who, and I have been faking it really well, which I know I shouldn't. There's no reason to do that. What are we, still in high school? No. But... During warm-ups and so on, there's only so many things to talk about, and we can't talk about homework because we're all in different majors, and we can't talk about whether there's going to be a war because last time that happened, Liliana basically gave this impromptu speech. They were like, a declaration of war is an end, not a beginning, which is nice and all, but I still don't know what the fuck it means. Anyway, Coach said, we couldn't talk about the war anymore, so... The only thing left is this thing we apparently all have in common, except me. And it's not that... Listen, cone of silence. I'm not unhappy with the way things are now. I'm really happy. He makes me really happy. But sometimes I listen to the team talking and I can't stop thinking about it. And sometimes I wonder and sometimes I... Well, anyway, I, I wonder... You know? Is this still the interview? Um, 
Are you asking me? <laughs> what are you asking me? I was just wondering. Direct questions, Guinevere. What is it like to be with a woman? Ugh, forget I said anything. I walked in on you and Evelyn. Evelyn's not a woman. It's not that different. It is. And I'm not talking about anatomy. I'm not a cave dweller. Then what are you talking about? Okay, so there's Evelyn, right? Being with him is a certain way. I'm not sure I'm comfortable talking about you and Evelyn. No, no, no. I just mean when I think about women. Do you think about women? Obviously. (laughs) Anyone I know? When you were with Lupita. Yeah. What was that like? Nothing, nothing graphic, nothing specific. Just what did it feel like? I, I don't know how to answer this. I felt warm. I enjoyed being around her, being with her. But I don't think that's what you mean. No. Hey, hey, Jane. Hey! Sprinkle toes! Looks like the party started without me. Hi, it's Anders. Glad you didn't pick up. Hopefully that means you're asleep. I'm calling because I had a dream about what we saw in Tyrannus. This doesn't usually happen to me. I don't usually have realistic dreams. I guess I'm more shaken than I thought. I was wondering whether you had dreams, and if so, if you were still afraid, and and if so, how afraid? Wow, sorry. Uh, No need to answer that. Have a good night. Morning. Have a good morning. the mind works. I know it tries to protect itself. I knew I had gaps, holes, fuzziness around the war. What do I know for sure? Every story I've ever told at a cocktail party, I rotate them out. It's not intentional. I'll just be feeling one especially hard and then it's all I'll talk about for a month. Then it's on to the next. There was the time I flew four missions with a broken arm. It was heroic or it was stupid, depending on who you asked. I think I must be a very lucky person. Because we lost the war and I'm still a hero somehow, so... I guess it was the right thing to do. There was the time I went AWOL in basic for the concert. Alina Devine and her orchestra, push-ups, vomit... There was the time in the hangar when we trained to ask tough questions. Black bean burgers, are you making plans to kill yourself? There was going on leave, waking up in Mercy House. Going on leave and falling asleep in public, they said. Falling asleep on the street? No. 
tactical disadvantage. Waking up at Mercy House. Waking up. What else? What else? Uh, there are stories I don't tell that I remember, obviously. I, I told Anders once about running out of fuel over a Median warship, running the auxiliary engine until it screamed, winding up on a weird spongy moon, hiding in a swamp while the Median swarmed. I was thinking two things. One, I hope I don't die. Two, this is going to be such a great story. It already was. I could see myself from the outside. I liked what I saw. I used to tell that one, but at some point I stopped because it sounds like, because it is, bragging. And what do I have to be proud of when it wasn't enough? We lost. No matter what I did, we would have lost. My best wasn't enough when the Rowley conspiracy was out there, ready to blab. I told Jane about the time Evelyn asked me what people looked like from above, but... I didn't tell her what it was like to fire from above, then be forced to land, to look at what we did, I did, then get back in my ship, and go back, and take a shower, and then the next day, do it all over again. I was afraid on Tyrannus, because it was bad, and I didn't know what did it. I didn't do it, or know who did. When I had to land my ship on the far side of Medea during the war, I was afraid because I didn't know who was still alive. It wasn't until I was showering later, washing it all off, that I realized I had nothing to be afraid of. I had already happened. I clogged the shower. I had to suction it out. It took a while, and I was late to this dinner where I was getting another commendation. I played it off like I couldn't be bothered to be on time, and everyone but my commanding officer loved it. Later, during the soup course, I looked down and there was... My thumbnail was still... It wasn't clean. If I can remember that... <clears throat> if I can remember all that, then what the fuck can't I remember? If I can remember that, what would make me, what would ever make me go to Jane and beg? What else is there? I remember Evelyn's funeral. I remember Evelyn's funeral. I remember parts of Evelyn's funeral. Who could keep all that in their head? There was no one even remotely involved with the Salida del Sol. No one mentioned the Salida del Sol. His parents were there. They talked about his lost potential. They talked about how Evelyn died as though he tripped and fell into the path of a speeding surface craft. They talked about him, and I barely recognized the person they described. I don't think they loved him the way he deserved. I don't think anyone... I couldn't have told you Jane was there. I remember her now, sitting in the corner. She didn't talk to me, I didn't talk to her, neither of us talked to anyone else. It was too hot in the room. 
There was no body, obviously, and nothing to cremate. His parents had an empty locket, a ring with an empty setting, like they would have put him there if they could. I itched. My clothes itched. That's it. I woke up at Mercy House during the war. I didn't know why I was there, but I didn't think it was strange. Like, I didn't feel that it made sense that I would be there. I was fine. People told me how resilient I was all the time. Good qualities in a captain. But I still didn't think it was strange that I woke up there because I knew, I saw all the time how the war could catch up with you. And how, when it caught up with you, people wanted to believe that there was some control to be had over the situation. Catch you sleeping in a park? Send you to Mercy House. Problem, meet solution. It made sense. But now, Jane... Jane says, I can call Mercy House and they'll tell me the truth. Sometimes things are allowed to be easy, I told her. Oh, hell. Spring break! I'm Who headed out. Who are you out. talking to? Myself. Why are you talking to yourself? Because I'm happy. What? Because I'm happy. I'm happy! Yeesh! Wow, okay. Where was I? Hi, Jane. It's Sophie. Do it. Thank you for listening to the Pasathea Powder. This was Episode 9, Shreds of Lettuce. Tune in next time to see just what exactly Dr. Gonzalez will decide to do. Captain Sophie Green was portrayed by Jackie Hedeman. Dr. Jane Gonzalez was portrayed by Molly Ogie. Sophie's mother was portrayed by Moni Ogie. And Eleanor Lopez was portrayed by Jackie Andrews. Anders Lee was portrayed by Chia Seed. The voice of Sophie's conquest was Lauren Prastian. Agent Cullen was portrayed by Antal Spectrzebuski. And the voice of the computer was Cade Lebron. Evelyn was portrayed by Ian Andrews. Narration by The Stroke of Siegfried Sassoon's Pen. Original music by Annie Morionto. If you've enjoyed our story, we hope you'll tell your friends about us and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on Twitter at Pasathea Powder or on our website, PasatheaPowder.com, where show scripts are available. Pasathea Powder was created by Bad Wine Productions. Dr. Gonzalez will return in episode 10, Evelyn. <laughs>